Welcome to Wednesdays with Wade. John Wade, that is, St. Louis University Archivist Emeritus and proud SLU graduate. Tune in each Wednesday for a different topic representing SLU's legends and lore, historical tidbits from SLU's 200 years of mission that pay tribute to our community's commitment to a higher purpose and greater good. Brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back to our second episode of Wednesdays with John Wade. And we are happy today to um, learn a little bit more about the history of SLU, particularly with the character or the personage of Father Shwetella. So John, go ahead and tell us the interesting things that you know about Father Shwetella. Okay, I think in any organization, any institution, I think it's particularly true of, of leadership that uh, leaders tend to en engender either feelings of great affection and love or feelings of, oh, and I could stand, stand the, the, the person. And, and Father Shwetala, I think, you know, from what I've read and the people I've spoken with over the years, I think Shwetala must have been one of those, those, those characters. He did come up, several of these, some of the people I spoke with uh, referred to him as the, uh, a sarcastic way as the crown prince of Caroline Avenue. Uh, oh my! He, he was down at Grant and Caroline his entire, virtually his entire career. He had the reputation for being somewhat officious, I guess it would be a polite way of saying huh. that, that uh, he wanted things a certain way. So this whole notion, this appellation of the crown prince, you, you did things Father Shwetala's way or you didn't, uh, you didn't do them at all. But ha having said that, I don't think anybody could deny Shwetala's influence, his importance in the history of the universities, uh, of the University Medical School, the, the School of Nursing, uh, the hospital. You know, ironically, with, with COVID-19 and the pandemic and the hospitals and medical personnel, Shwetala was, uh, uh, he was intimately connected with, with healthcare here at, at the university and in St. Louis and ironically nationally as well. He was, uh, he was born in Europe, and I'm gonna double check my dates here, in 1882, was of Polish ancestry. Uh, and, and so he came to the United States here pretty early on. I, I guess he had five brothers and sisters, and I think he entered the Missouri province in 1900 here uh, at St. Stan's in, in Florissant. Uh, and he was, again, as with most of these guys, he was just uh, 18 years old, you know. He graduated here from, from St. Louis U in, in 1907. He got his MA at St. Louis U in 1908, and he was ordained in 1915. And evidently, he taught chemistry and biology at, uh, at St. Xavier's, which became Xavier University in Cincinnati, at St. Louis U and at, at Rockhurst. In 1918, I think this is interesting, the Jesuits sent him to Johns Hopkins, of all places, in Baltimore for graduate school. And he got his PhD from Johns Hopkins in 1921. And at that time, prior to that, evidently most of these guys were being sent to other Jesuit or other Catholic schools uh -huh. for their training. But Shwetala went to Johns Hopkins in 21. Uh, and I want to read something here. Johns, Johns Hopkins would later call Father Shwetala, uh, one of their most distinguished alumni. Really? Uh, and they called him, even though he didn't have a medical degree, he was in zoology, they called him 
one of the five leading medical instructors in the United States. So uh, uh, regardless of what people thought of him, he was, he was top, top George, which all it was. He came back to St. Louis after his degree, getting his degree, and he was an associate professor of biology. And he found himself as the director of the, of the biology department. And they named him the regent of the School of Medicine in 1924. And in 27, he was appointed the dean of the School of Medicine. Uh, and he held that position as dean until 1948 when he had to retire for health reasons. We can talk a little bit more. And then he was in, in 48, he was named professor of medicine biology uh, and dean of medicine at the School of Medicine until he retired, until he passed away. And he, he held a number of other positions here at SLU. He was regent of the School of Dentistry. You know, the dentistry school had been founded and had been started in 1908. Acting dean of the graduate school from 26 to 29. He was dean of the School of Nursing, which opened in, I guess it was 1929. He was dean of the School of Nursing from its founding until 1944. And he served as president of the Catholic Hospital Association, which today I guess is Catholic Health Association, uh, from 1928 to 47. And he was named president emeritus of CHA. But just south of the medical school building there on Grand, you, there's that building that sits there. It's on the, on the east side of Grand. And you, that was the Catholic Hospital Association offices. Now, Catholic, it's now Catholic Health. They moved out, I think it's out near the airport. Chwetala, in 1924, he was very important. He was very critical in establishing the St. Mary's group of hospitals, which consisted of St. Mary's Infirmary, which was down at 14th and Papan, uh, the St. Mary's Hospital uh, there on, on Clayton Road, uh, and then Mount St. Rose, uh, I guess it was a TB hospital down there in, in, in Lime. They founded that as the St. Louis University um, the hospital. And, and all the medical activities, the doctors were under the supervision of the, uh, of the university uh, and our medical school. But the nursing staff was all under control of the, of the Sisters of St. Mary's. Now it's the Franciscan Sisters of St. Mary's. So, you know, when, when we when St. Louis U Hospital became part of SSM, uh, you know, just the, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I mean, it was like, oh, this is brand new. Well, it, no, not really. It was really, going, really. Back, going back to the way, the way that it, it, it had been. So uh, in 1933, the sisters and the university, but primarily with the leadership of Shwetala, worked with the Deloge family, from the Deloge family, to fund the brand new, brand new hospital for the university, the university's first, I guess, standalone hospital. And then in 1933, uh, Furman Deloge opened uh, as the university um, hospital. And I'm gonna read something here. This is from a report on the Furman Deloge Hospital. This was written a few years later, but I think it's, it's in, important. It kind of summarizes all of this stuff that's going on. I'm gonna read this here and I, uh, it's, this is the present hospital, and they're calling, talking about from Deloge, was opened for operation on January the 16th, 1933. In regard to its purpose and general organization, it is the successor of the old St. Mary's Infirmary at 15th and Papan Streets, which prior to the development of the Furman Deloge Hospital, served the same purposes for the Sisters of St. Mary's and St. Louis University, as does the present Furman Deloge Hospital. Uh, in 1928, 
1926, he helped the university organize what they were calling the corporate colleges of St. Louis University. I don't okay. know if a lot of people have thought about that here in St. Louis, but in St. Louis, we have Webster College, Webster University now. We have Pont Bond, we have uh, Maryville. Uh, there used to be the old Notre Dame College uh, down on the Reaper and Notre Dame High School. There were all these women's colleges that had some, you know, Webster was affiliated one time with Sisters of Loretto, um, you know, Maryville and, and, uh, and Pont Bond with the Sisters of St. Joe's or the Sacred Heart Sisters. These were all these women's colleges because back in the early part of the 20th century, actually until 1949, St. Louis U was not permitted to allow women to register in the art school. I mean, they could be in other schools, the education school, the nursing school, yeah. even in the law school. They were, the women were, if they wanted a general undergraduate education, would go to these private women's colleges. Mm -hmm. But there was concern that these colleges would not be seen as offering legitimate programs with legitimate degrees. So Shwatala helped organize this corporate college arrangement in which St. Louis University then would, would support or to affirm the educational programs of these schools. And, and this corporate college arrangement really la lasted until the late 1950s when, when these schools all were becoming getting their own accreditation and being able to stand on, you know, stand on their own. So Shotala was, you know, I think it's interesting that he was, he was involved with, you know, the, uh, the, the building of the hospital and the creation of the St. Mary's Infirmary for, for African-American patients and African-American doctors and nursing. He was also involved in women's education here in, in St. Louis with the support of these, um, this corporate college arrangement. And, I mean, he was pretty important in the American Medical Association. He, uh, he, uh, author, he was a co-author of a report in, uh, by the American Medical Association on the costs of medical care undertaken in the late 20s, the early 30s. Um, he was asked to evaluate the nation's medical schools in a report on national medical education in the United States sponsored by the AMA in 1930, between 1934 and 35. Shwetala was very active in the early Higher Learning Commission. Then it was called the North Central Accreditation for, uh, for secondary schools and colleges. He was involved, as a, and he did a lot of accreditation visits uh, for the North Central back in the 20s and the 30s. So uh, uh, he evidently inspected over 50 colleges himself for North, North Central, and he was president of North Central uh, from 1936 to 1937, which is which is, is pretty interesting. Uh, he was recognized as a hospital and medical authority, even though his degree was in zoology. He was much in demand as a, as a conference speaker, and he wrote over 100 papers on bio, bi in biology, medical ethics, medical education, nursing education, social hygiene, all these things which are so uh, obviously uh, relevant to us today. And he edited from, for almost 20 years, from 1928 to 47, Hospital Progress, which was the journal of the Catholic, Catholic Hospital Association. Ironically, in 1922, he was invited by Clarence Darrow, who was the lawyer yeah. for, for Scopes, John Scopes, the teacher in Tennessee right. at the Scopes 
monkey trial, the trial in evolution, he was invited to testify on behalf of the teacher in support of evolution. Now, Shwetala, he was asked to testify at the, at the Sculpt trial, and, and I did look at, at some of his papers, and he did say, as a Catholic, he was not convinced of the theory of evolution, but as a scientist, I think this is interesting, as a scientist, he thought that that theory should be, be able to be taught and that people should have, a, a, have the ability to, uh, uh, to at least look at it. And so you shouldn't prohibit it from being, from being taught in the, uh, uh, in, in, in the school. So uh, he was a pretty, pretty, pretty important person. Uh, in 48, in October of 48, Shwetala suffered a stroke. It was a pretty bad stroke. Uh, and he was unfortunately pretty much bedridden uh, until the mid the mid fifties, uh, no, I'm sorry, the mid sixties, and he lived on for another eleven years until 1965, when he passed away at St. Mary's Hospital there on Clayton Road, uh, and he was 80, 82 years old at, at the time. So, Shotala again, you know, there's the building named after him at the at the medical school. I guess the main medical school building is Shotala. I mean, he was instrumental in the founding of the School of Nursing. Uh, it was really active in all these, all these uh, different programs for his entire his entire career. So, um, yeah, he was a, another one of these guys who was a pretty big uh, deal, pretty important person. Uh, I don't know if people realize how how important he was, uh, and particularly today when you know, I I mean, Deloge opened in '33 as the first true university hospital, and Shwetala was. He was right in the middle of, 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 of getting that uh, open. I mean, in its day, I mean, it was a very large and important hospital. Right. Uh, I think it's just fascinating to finally hear the story behind the name. You, right. know, you see the name, you hear the name so often um, in reference to the medical school and the nursing school. And just to hear his history and, and the influence that he had at SLU is just awesome. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, like I say, I didn't, I didn't have the, uh, the, uh, the pleasure to meet him, or maybe it would, maybe it may not have been a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, he, he's another one of these guys who, uh, I think it's important for more people to, uh, to have a little bit better understanding of who, who he was. And again, with the, you know, with the, obviously the, the current needs in, in, in uh, hospital beds and in medical for doctors and in healthcare personnel, nursing. I mean, he was instrumental in in that. And and you know, as we opened this new hospital as part of the SSM, uh, you know, healthcare network, that relationship, Shwetala was involved with uh, you know with Mother Concordia. We want to give her her credit beginning that relationship. You know, and in fairness to the sisters, I mean, the sisters they uh, Sister St. Mary's founded that uh, St. Mary's Infirmary down there at 14th and Patan back in the 1870s. So, I mean, they were involved with, with healthcare for the less, the less privileged in St. Louis, you know, going back 50 years before they got involved with, uh, with, with, uh, with Father Sotala and the right. university. Well, this has been great. So thank you so much, John. And until next week, this is Wednesdays with Wade. Thank you for being with us. And we'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. God bless.